You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Washington's allies and the group of seven wealthy nations are unanimously criticizing President Trump's decision to impose tariffs on steel and aluminum imports. Dan Karpachuk reports they want Trump to get their message of concern and disappointment. G7 finance ministers and central bankers have concluded a three-day meeting in Whistler, British Columbia, where they've been ironing out details ahead of this week's G7 Leaders Summit in Quebec. The dispute over the tariffs has already drawn a tough response from Canada and the European Union. They've threatened retaliation. All of Washington's G7 partners warn that the tariffs will undermine open trade and weaken confidence in the global economy, and they want Trump to abandon the tariffs before the issue causes deeper divisions within the G7. Canada's finance minister, Bill Morneau, described the tariffs as absurd because Canada is not a security risk, and he warned that the tariffs will cause job losses in the U.S. as well as in Canada. For NPR News, I'm Dan Carpenchuk in Toronto. The trade dispute with China is also simmering. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross wrapped up another round of talks in Beijing today, with China warning that any agreement to narrow its trade surplus will be void if President Trump moves to implement tariff hikes. A new scan government report says more than 40 percent of school-aged children don't go to school in Afghanistan, and despite gains, Jennifer Glass reports girls remain at a disadvantage. The girls are in school at all is considered progress after the Taliban banned education for females. Seventeen years after the Taliban was driven from power, girls still face significant disadvantages when it comes to education. 
They're less likely to attend school for cultural or security reasons and more likely to drop out, in part because of child marriages. A report from the Afghan Education Ministry and UNICEF, the UN's children's agency, says 2.7 million girls are not receiving an education. British Prime Minister Theresa May says the country's resolve to stand firm against terrorism is stronger than ever. She was speaking today at a Sunday service marking the first anniversary of the London Bridge attack. A minute of silence will be held in a few hours. A new study released today says women with a certain common form of breast cancer don't benefit from chemotherapy. And here's Richard Harris, reports from Chicago. This finding applies to a type of cancer called hormone-receptive positive HER2 negative, which is not spread to lymph nodes. Right now, many women with this kind of cancer take a genetic test, which helps them decide whether they need to add chemotherapy to standard hormone-blocking treatment. Many women get an in-between score on this test. A study presented at the American Society of Clinical Oncology meeting finds that women in this group can skip chemotherapy and all its side effects. In fact, most women in this specific category already do pass on chemo, according to a recent study from Stanford University. The new study is being published online in the New England Journal of Medicine. Richard Harris, NPR News, Chicago. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. The Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's editorial page has attracted national attention in recent months for defending controversial comments made by President Trump. Now the paper is not publishing the work of its daily editorial cartoonist, as Lucy Perkins of member station WBSA reports. Rob Rogers posted the cartoons on his website and on Twitter this week. The political drawings critiqued the NFL after its recent policy requiring players on the field to stand during the national anthem, Roseanne Barr's racist tweets about former Obama advisor Valerie Jarrett, and the Trump administration's policy on separating children from their families who cross the border illegally. Robert Mueller's out-of-control Russia probe has now lost any sense of legitimacy. President Trump accusing the special counsel and his team of a whole new set of conspiracy theories. According to reports, Obama's Justice Department, they utilized at least one informant to spy on multiple Trump campaign officials and associates during the 2016 election. And by the way, the media is lying about it. President Trump has also claimed the Fed spied on his campaign with an informant. The president calls it Spygate. Fox News can confirm it is not. Fox News knows of no evidence to support the president's claim that lawmakers from both parties say using an informant to investigate a suspected ties to Russia is not spying. It's part of the normal investigative process. And he's dragging out, by the way, the investigation. He wants to derail many tro- pro-Trump Republicans in the midterms. Unfounded, not based in fact or reason, with no evidence to support them. The president says, back up, the president says that Robert Mueller and his team are meddling in the midterms. There's nothing to support that claim. After decades of ignoring the issue, Americans are finally paying attention. Well, most of us, Ivanka Trump, who works at the White House, chose to post the second most oblivious tweet we've seen this week. You know, Ivanka, that's a 
beautiful photo of you and your child, but let me just say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless He listens to you. Put on something tight and low cut and tell your father to fucking stop it. Tell him it was an Obama thing and see how it goes, okay? The president tweeted this morning, why aren't they firing no talent, Samantha B for the horrible language used on her low-rating show. A total double standard. Roseanne Barr cannot seem to stay off Twitter. Or out of the headlines, for that matter. And now, this morning, there is a new development. As you may know, it all began with her posting a racist tweet about former Obama advisor Valerie Jarrett. Just hours later, ABC canceled her hit show, the number one show on ABC. But the tweets and the controversy are far from over. I'm not a racist. I never was and I never will be. One stupid joke in a lifetime of fighting for civil rights for all minorities. Later adding, you guys make me feel like fighting back. President Trump weighing in, reacting to this. Bob Iger, who's the CEO of Disney, called me uh, before the announcement. He apologized. The president took to Twitter to air grievances over his perceived attacks from ABC, pointing out Iger never called him to apologize for the horrible statements made and said about him on ABC. Maybe I just didn't get the call. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Out of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best, like the man said, my name is Chase. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us, whether you are preparing for church, whether you're sitting out on a balcony, drinking a cup of joe, which I just got a message. Someone's actually listening to the show in that mode. I wish I could do that. Glad you guys are here. Numbers 347-850-1272. I never share the stage by myself. Let me take this opportunity to introduce you to the players. First up, let me introduce you to a woman who just, you know, I, I envy her radio voice. I really and truly envy this woman. I do. She is one of the smartest people that I know. She's an attorney. Oh, my God. She is a spiritual advisor, a reverend. She's an author. She is just, you know what? Uh, Karen, Karen White made a song about this woman. She really did. It's called Superwoman. Let me introduce you to the very lovely Miss <laughs> Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? Good morning, Shay. Listen, what an incredible um, introduction. I, I certainly um, give God the glory for all of it. Um, not a superwoman, though, but thank God. Thank you so much. Good morning. I hope you're doing great this morning. I'm doing well, and when you walk, make sure your cape is off the floor. Thank you for being here. God bless you, <laughs> Superwoman. And the man who gets, well, actually, the man who gets the first and last word is being Uncle Broke Less this morning, so he won't be here. But let me introduce you to another guy that, in my opinion, is one of the smartest men who roam the earth, the one who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis, uh, Mr. Jerome is free from Earthfreeradio.net. What's going on, Jerome? How are you, sir? Nothing much. I'm doing good. And it sounds like I'm having a little uh, 
phone issue, so, you know, I may have to call Yeah. Get on your nerves a little bit. Okay. Yeah, you got a hum going on. Sounds like you are aboard the Millennium Falcon. So you give us a call back. <laughs> you know how we do. <laughs> hey, Kathleen. <laughs> hey, All right, so you just to try to get that fixed. All right, so now, uh, a lady who is uh, once again one of my dear friends, I love her too sometimes, but she is the host of a show called Transforming Detroit. She's also the host of a show called The True Purpose Development Show and the author of the book, Pregnant in the Spirit. Let's say good morning to, and I know you guys are shocked, but she's here. Dr. Princess Ardelia. Hey, what's going on, Doc? How are you? I am absolutely awesome. Good morning, everyone. I'm doing, um, I'm amazing this morning. Thank you. And um, yeah, I love you sometimes. Yeah, I love you too sometimes. sometimes. I get it. I understand. (laughs) It goes both ways. All right. Uh, (laughs) uh, Mr. Controversy himself is in the house. Uh, You know, a lot of people, which, you know, I was very surprised, uh, are yearning for this guy's, uh, uh, you know, contributions. Even one person last week said it sounds like Steve left. And now he's rejoining the African-American race. Let's tie in this morning. Uh, We can call him a contributor, I guess, to say good morning to Steve from Florida, formerly Steve from Indianapolis. Good morning, Steve. How are you, sir? Good morning, Jay. Doing great. Doing great. Can't can't believe people are wanting you to be here, man. I'm just – because you left here, people were just saying some very bad things about you. But you're back, so you're back at least uh, four <laughs> minutes. So we appreciate you hanging in here, man. God bless you. All, All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our calling number. You can be a part of the conversation. Our resident texter Johnny D is also tuned in, so we should definitely hear his commentary. And let me say this, because I know sometimes his texts when he because he sends his texts in because that's why he's called the official texter. And so I try to read them on my phone, and sometimes they come in. I mean, they come in out of order, which I don't understand. Maybe it's my fault. But uh, definitely I would try to get those and try to read them and decipher them before I try to speak to them live on the air. Uh, also, it looks like our, uh, our director of media outreach is in the house. Let's bring her in. Uh, Jackie, good morning. How are you? Well, I thought I brought her in. Maybe she's not here. All right. So, anyway, numbers three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right. This morning is the Sunday morning roundtable. And the Sunday morning roundtable is where we spend time talking about things that are on our minds. We just get together in a room, we close the doors, and people start bumping their gums. And guess what? We have a conversation, and it makes for great radio. So, you know, we invite people to tune in. Uh, the World Famous Chat Room, you guys know the drill. When Mr. Elias is not in the house, it's hard for me to run that and monitor everything that I monitor. So chat room's not open this morning, uh, but I know that our dear friend and number one listener, Kavina Man, is in the house. So, uh, Kavina Man, hold it down, or at least I want to acknowledge that you are in the house. Uh, you know, Kavina Man has been listening to this show for a very, very long time. When Kavina Man first came in here, boy, he had Fight the Power written all over him. But uh, you know what? He still gets his points across, and we love him to death. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. One of the things that we started last week, we had a conversation about you know, sex about it here on this show. We talked about sex not in, you know, in its 
raw form per se, but we had a conversation about, you know, uh, what is considered sexual harassment, um, what is considered sexual misconduct, uh, can someone do something from years ago and, and it affect their career now? And it was a very lively and vivid conversation. But so that's on the agenda. But listen, I'm going to open the floor up, and I'm going to swing around to Miss Kathleen Williams because I know Kathleen has so much to say. Kathleen, what should uh, we start talking yeah. about this morning? I mean, let's have a conversation. This is Sunday morning roundtable. Once a month, we're starting early because of what happened last week. So floor is yours, sweetie. What do you want to talk about this morning? The thing I'd like to I'd like to bring up is uh, the fact that uh, President Obama made um, yes. comments that he believes he that he possibly he was ten to twenty years too early. And yes, I, I read saw an that. article. Uh, yeah, I read and I read an article uh, about that also, where the reporter, the writer, or the reporter was agreeing that possibly he was 10 to 20 years too early. And I'm going to write back to that reporter and uh, send a message to President Obama as well. He absolutely was not 10 to 22 years early, in my opinion. I believe that he was right on time. I believe that what, you know, if he's saying that this is white backlash to his presidency, um, yes, we've all been saying that, but I don't think it's white back, just white backlash. I believe that this was the undercurrent of America anyway. We had black men being shot down by police anyway. We had um, uh, women not being able to break through the grass ceiling anyway. We had not enough blacks in uh, black people in high positions in Fortune 500 companies in media. Um, we had uh, people, uh, black people, trying to make purchases of sports teams being denied. We had all kinds of things were happening already, but people were saying, "Oh, there's no racism because you have a black president." So, you know what I mean? So this was already going on. It didn't happen as a result of President Obama. Yes, it's more covert now. But we needed it to be more covert so that everybody who's been sleeping all these years would wake up and smell the proverbial coffee and see that, listen, we still have a lot of work to do, so please don't settle on your morals and your wallet and feel like the, the struggle is over. The struggle is real. Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting you bring this up because I saw this as well. And, um, you know, I don't know how I feel about that comment by President Obama saying that he maybe he was, you know, 10 to 20 years too early. And I think the president, you know, if you read some of the articles, and it looks like we have to roll back, but we're having some audio. So hopefully it's not as bad, so maybe we can deal with it. Uh, but, but you know, people said he was almost distraught after this election because he was like, my God, you know, does my words have any bearing on what's going on because you know one of the things he talked about uh during the last part of the 2016 elections Rome was how when he was abroad world leaders were like oh my god i i know you guys are not going to vote this this man into office and he he assured world leaders that you know what no the american people are smarter than this this is not going to happen rest assured at the end of the day hillary clinton will be president and America told him, oh, hell no, we want Donald Trump. And so a lot of people, especially if you read some of the articles, said, hey, 
he was distraught. You know, they had to convince him by saying, Mr. President, if you were allowed to run a third term, you would beat him. But he was still questioning the message and his approach. What are your thoughts on that, Jerome? Um, no, I, I don't know. I think he's, I think he's, um, he's taking it harder than I guess you could yeah. imagine. You know, like the, the problem is, is that we all like to think that the world is better than what it is. But the reality is, is that by default, this country is exactly what we all know it is. So we can dream and wish that it's different. But the the problem is, is that when he starts saying things like, you know, this, you know, this can never happen, and the people are different. Yeah, people are different, like um, culturally growing up now. But that's still undercurrent in the foundation of which supremacy is. It, it is um, is rooted in that still runs through everybody. So it's a good reminder, and I like to say it kind of woke the millennials up because I remember probably 10, 15 years ago, uh, people saying, "Oh, the world has changed. It's not the same anymore. Those people are dying out, and we're going into a new world." And they kept selling that for about 10 years. So even with him getting elected, they were like, "Oh, that stuff is gone." And what you saw is you saw white women pendulum swing back. So even though we see all these white women running for office right now, that ain't changing the world. You can say you want to be a feminist and the Me Too movement and all that stuff all you want to, but racism and supremacy is the foundation of what this piece um, is built on. And those women are the women who pendulum swung to vote Donald Trump in office. We know what white yeah. males do, do and what they did. But the problem is it sits in them, and they keep masking it just to be your friend. And then when it comes time to, to put everybody back in place, it comes out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, we're having some uh, – it's not bad, but we are still having some feedback on, on you, Jerome. So I don't know if there's any adjustments we can make, but it's not bad. I think we can, I think we can deal with it, uh, but uh, we are having some feedback. Uh, you know, I said uh, – I've been saying forever, especially during the um, – you know, when this show started, uh, I talked about how, um, you know, we're going to find out what this country's made of. And we're going to understand the true meaning of, you know, President Obama's presidency. Either this country has come a long way, and if you've been listening to the show for a very long time, you already know what I'm about to say. Either we've come a long way, or it's really going to expose the underbelly of racism of this nation. And I said I would make my assessment after his tenure was over. I did make my assessment after his presidency was over. But if you weren't listening that day, let me just read, let me just tell you what I said again. Let me just uh, reemphasize what I said. And what I said at that time, Steve, was this. I said, look, I think that what happened was it really, his presidency, in my opinion, really and truly brought the races out. It really exposed the, just the nasty racial undertone of this country. Because my kids, they go to schools that are, you know, they're mixed. You know, there are a lot of white students. There are a lot of Mexican students. You know, they're mixed. And for the first time, you know, they're saying, hey, you know, Dad, we're starting to see things in our school that we didn't see before, you know, President Obama was president. 
these white kids are starting to say things to us that they didn't say to us before. And it goes back to something that we talked about a long time ago, or the impression at the time was, you know, we can tolerate black people as long as they know their place. Yeah, we'll, give, we'll make them a governor. Ah, we'll make them mayor. That's fine. That's progress. Oh, my God. Now, a black man is the most powerful man in the world, so we're going to do two things. We're going to show you guys that we really don't give a damn about you, first of all. And second of all, we're going to make sure that another one will not occupy 1600 uh, Pennsylvania Avenue again. So, Steve, when you think about what President Obama said, do you agree with his assessment of maybe he was 20 years too soon? What do you think about his comments? Um. I would say it's more of the Democrat Party robbing Bernie Sanders and not allowing the natural flow of the free spirit of the election. Also, social media has greatly changed the landscape. Trump has a huge, gigantic social media following that the Democrat Party underestimated, greatly underestimated. And also, you have to take a look at the situation that Trump comes from a family of Klansmen. So that raised awareness among the white supremacists, and Trump's daughter, Ivanka, married a Jewish person, which raises the awareness of the Jewish community. So those two forces also combine to help propel him into the election. And But uh, social media is greatly underestimated. And that's why when I was on the show, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, and I was like, when you, got to, uh, you have to address conspiracy mind. That has to be addressed. Uh, to bring more voters to the table, to increase participation in voting activities, you have to address the conspiracy mind. And so, you know, for somebody like me, you know, if I was running for I would have totally destroyed Donald Trump. Uh, but Hillary was weak. Had a horrible record Bernie would Bernie would have obliterated Donald uh, He would have hurt him real bad But they didn't want to give it to Bernie Because they, they said well Bernie's socialist And we're not really trying And I think Wall Street has an effect on that Wall Street's like we think Bernie would raise taxes and So man Occupy Wall Street It goes deep Jay The politics goes deep But never ever The Democrat party should never ever Underestimate social media ever again. Next, go ahead. Yeah, three three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Dr. Princess Odilia, um, you know, on one hand, I can see what President Obama's saying. I, I really do. I, I really can. I can understand why he would think maybe he was too early. Because here is this guy, and this is something that I thought about when he ran for office. You know. I said to myself at that time, by the time his presidency ends, he's going to be a fairly young guy. So a guy with all that charisma, a guy that with all that intellect, a guy who, in my opinion, is the greatest president, in my opinion, you know, people can disagree or whatever, but the greatest president during my lifetime, you know, what is he going to do for the rest of his life? And especially in this environment in which we exist now, people are thinking, you have a man in the White House. I mean, this is unprecedented what's going on. Every day he tweets about Russia. 
every day he's talking about how the Justice Department is all about him. Every day he's he's pardoning people because he's trying to get back at folks. This guy is the most ridiculous, the most uneducated, the most unfit person to be occupying the White House. And yet still you have a Republican-controlled Senate and Congress that won't do a damn thing about it. This is like a bad yeah. movie being played out in front of us all. So going back yeah. to what President Obama said, do you believe that President Obama came too early? Maybe he should have been coming down the line now. What do you think about the president's Um, comments? Well, I think um, he's probably, he's he's got a good assessment there. Um, I could see where that is. He has a good assessment there. Who are you talking about, President Obama? I'm talking about President Obama, yeah, in terms of, of how early he was before the time and before people were ready to deceive him. Um, I believe that post-Trump, I'm sure that people are now thinking, a lot of people are thinking, wow, that they're looking at President Barack Obama and what he did um, as, you know, they're probably reconsidering some things. Where there are some some Trump followers who are supporting Trump, I believe there are a lot of Trump followers who were Trump followers in the beginning who are now on on a different page. I would like to say that President Barack Obama was a pioneer in change for America, and this is a part of the change. A lot of things are happening, and people are saying, yes, now we really see racism for what it really is. Um, There are a lot of people speaking out, speaking their mind, and speaking their truth. I mean, I get it. Um, We don't like everything that everybody is saying, but I noticed uh, one of the things that a lot of people I hear say um, before they speak their minds, they'll say, okay, I might as well because I'm in the Trump era. I can say what I want to say or I can really be out with my views, etc. Um, the racism, things, the racist, racism that we're seeing now, it's always been, but now it's magnified. Um, I, as, as one who promotes transformation in all things, I know the process to, of transformation and for us to see change, things get worse before it gets better. You got to pull out the garbage and, and vomit it all up for you before you can actually see the positive result that we are all yearning for. So I believe and I know that at the end of the day, in time, we will see a movement that will will come as a result of what is happening today, all of the ill that we're seeing today, we'll see there being more positive results as a result. Um, I don't believe that America, I'd like to believe that America is not going to make the same choice that they did with Donald Trump, you know, bringing him in office. I don't believe he'll be um, voting in again. And I believe that people will really consider a different result and they'll really pay attention to um, the opportunity of voting and making good decisions and following the, the, um, following the news to, you know, so they can understand their, um, their choices. So I believe that President Barack Obama definitely is a pioneer in the change um, and, and can also be considered to have been before his time. 
And that's what all pioneers are. Pioneers are before their time because they're the first to come in and put it out there. President Barack Obama also, although not radical like um, Donald Trump, President Barack Obama, or formal president, I still say President Barack Obama, he actually, he came in and he himself did not follow the tradition. He started, he's the one who started the 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 era of I'm not doing what has been done all the time in the White House. I don't have to tell you, I don't have to tell Congress exactly everything I'm going to do. A lot of times he said things to the people of America at the same, you know, at the same time he said it to Congress. He he did what he wanted to do. He was definitely different. He was definitely um, his own person, which I believe also, you know, even gave Trump even the ability. I guess he probably said, well, if he can do it, I can do it too. But his way is a different way that is definitely unfavorable for all of us. But I do believe that it is a mark in time that will ignite a positive change in the end. Please let me All right, three four seven eight five zero. Go ahead. I was I was about to come to you. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Go ahead, Kathleen. Please, because anything that President Obama did, this was a constitutional law expert. Everything that President Obama did was according to the law and legitimate right. according to the Absolutely. office of the president, which has nothing Absolutely. to yeah. do with what uh, what this new guy is doing. He's not Absolutely. doing any okay because you were saying well I, I, anyway I just wanted to make that point. No 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 I, I, I wasn't. I, and, no, I got no, no. it. I got it. I just wanted to make yeah. that point. So let me go on. No. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say with regards to you know um, the President Obama thinking that maybe yeah. he was too early. I just want to yeah. uh, I, I want to address that again because I I say no he was not too early he was perfectly and divinely on time. So if we're going to say he was too early, then maybe we would say Nat Turner was too early, or Frederick Douglass was too early, or Harriet Tubman was too early, or anybody okay. else that came in and made, the, you know, made incredible changes in our right. world was too early. And the other thing that I do want to offer, the other thing that I do want, I didn't, the other thing I do want to offer is that there were other things involved in the election of this man here, and what we're, and that is what Mueller is looking at, and God help him, I hope that he is able to come through and show what we all know to be true, that Russia helped this man get elected. It wasn't just. Yeah. Um, Jewish people and uh, you know and I agree totally with uh, what uh, Jerome was saying earlier about the fact that you know white women flipped and they helped Trump get elected yes indeed but so did Russia and the other thing that I want to offer if President Obama made any mistake at all here's what it is and this has been my biggest piece and that was he did you know Biden did not run for office and there was not an adequate, uh, uh, desired, or um, an effective person to follow President Obama running for the Democratic, uh, uh, the Democratic position of president. Nomination. Right? So we had Hillary yeah. Clinton that nobody wanted, and uh, even black people didn't want Hillary Clinton. So his base, President Obama's base, had nobody to vote for, vote for, and they were going for lesser of two evils, right? Or for folks that didn't want to yep. vote for Bernie, 
they were stuck with Hillary. And the mistake that I think he made was either not not selecting a vice president who would run no matter what. You know, God bless you, Mr. Biden, and your son and all that, whatever it was. But Biden should have ran for office because he would have won. I believe he would have won. And um, I had something else on my notes here. Oh, the other thing was when President Obama made um, – mm-hmm how he got into office in the first place, that same energy, passion, attention, drive, and money had to have been paid to the midterm election because he had to get Democrats in the the Congress, in the House, and in the Senate so that he could get the work done that he needed to get done so that the Supreme Court nominee that he nominated would get into the office that energy should have been paid to the midterm election so that he made sure people got out and vote to the best of his ability. And I think if there were any mistakes, those were the two. All right, there you go. All right, so listen, uh, all mics are off. Uh, we're going to step out, take a real quick break, uh, and we'll continue the conversation. It is the Sunday morning roundtable, but if you listen to this show, you know how it is. Every week we have what we call four minutes or less, something that you need to know. And this morning, we're going to focus on sexism in America. Plus, I have some input from Johnny D as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. Despite achieving equal rights on paper in the United States, women continue to face inequality in the workplace, as is displayed by the roles they portray in the media and the treatment they receive from the industry heads. American media promotes unrealistic images of women therefore promoting the objective violence of sexism. Pickering, why can't a woman be more like a man? The top U.S. grossing film from 1950 to 1959 was Lady and the Tramp. This film supports the idea that females, even female dogs, are not independent enough to remain and do well on their own and that they rely on others, specifically males, to help them throughout their lives. Other top U.S. grossing films of that time period include Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, and Some Like It Hot. Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella are two stories about girls who are rescued by princes. The directors of these two movies also happen to be the directors of Lady and the Tramp. In Some Like It Hot, the lead female character, played by Marilyn Monroe, unsurprisingly considered a physically attractive woman, is searching for a rich man to marry. This storyline gives the impression that in order to be happy and therefore successful in life, a woman needs a man who she can rely on. Avatar was a top U.S. grossing film from 2000 to 2009. The character Natiri is not a mammal, yet James Cameron, the director of the film, made the decision to give her breasts. In an interview with Cameron, he was asked whether or not the physical image he created for her was targeted toward the appeal to males. He replied with, they won't be able to control themselves. In the 700 highest-grossing films beginning in 2007 and continuing into 2014, women held less than one-third of the speaking roles, and only one-fifth of 2014's top 100 films had a female lead, which was the same percentage of female leads in 2007. The Bechdel test deals with these concerns. There are three parts to the Bechdel test, which are, according to BechdelTest.com, one, it has to have at least two named women in it, two, who talk to each other, and three, about something other than a man. The website provides statistics on how many movies pass each part of the test, which, out of 6,230 movies, only 3,587, just over half the amount, pass all three aspects. 
Some movies, 646 to be exact, passed no part of the test at all. Dr. Stacy Smith of the University of Southern California stated, it is clear that no progress has been made either on screen or behind the camera when it comes to representing reality. In leaked Sony emails, it was revealed that actress Jennifer Lawrence was receiving a lower salary than her male counterparts for her role in American Hustle. A study done by the Los Angeles Times in 2012 stated that a minuscule 18% of women are included in the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences for the producing category. But it gets worse. The female directors, cinematographers, and writers' percentages are even smaller. 65 Best Picture nominees since 1973 have listed at least one woman as a producer, yet only eight females have been listed as directors for Best Picture nominees since that same year. With an average of five to ten nominees for Best Picture each year, that number is incredibly small. There are more female producers than female directors, cinematographers, and writers because producers do not have to be hired. They create their own job opportunities. Brad Simpson, part producing partner of American film executive Nina Jacobson, admitted that Hollywood has a current system that devalues producers. He continued, stating that he is worried about the next generation of producers because there are not as many opportunities to get the training that has before been made available. Producer Allison Owen added, if you look back on professions when they became undervalued and paid less, women tended to do better in them. Nursing used to be a highly paid profession during Victorian times when men did it, and then when women were admitted, wages plummeted. Concluding that, even if women do continue to make professions as being producers, their wages will decrease dramatically and the field will be devalued and underappreciated, which does nothing to help decrease the sexism in Hollywood. Rather, it promotes the sexism further by undervaluing the work that women do. After receiving a casting note with wardrobe instructions that read, black or dark form-fitting tank that shows off cleavage, push-up bras encouraged, and form-fitting leggings or jeans, nothing white, Rose McGowan tweeted the note and six days later was fired by her agent. For decades in the media, women have been portrayed as sexual objects and inferior to men. There are fewer women than men being recognized for their roles, not only in front of, but also behind the camera. And there is a wage gap between the genders. Years have passed without improvement, and professionals in the industry believe that it will only continue to get worse. In order to resolve these problems, we need to end the objective violence of sexism in our nation. One month or two? Five. Certainly, darling. Look what you did! What? You spilled! I'm sorry, it's, it's just a little bit. Here you go again. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What, what can I do? You can't do anything because you can't do anything right! Kids learn a lot from their parents, including domestic violence. Stop the vicious cycle today. Welcome back here at 347 You're tuned to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. It's the Sunday morning roundtable where we talk about things that are peeps. That's here on the show. We want to talk about a lot to get into. What a great first topic. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for that information. All right, listen. The resident expert, our resident texter of the show, Johnny D, has checked in. I want to read his comments here as I open all the mics back up. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Definitely want to give uh, 
Princess Odia an opportunity to respond to something. Also, we have Jackie here to uh, our social media director. Uh, just a lot to get into, and she was here. She's been here, so we'll we'll definitely get her an opportunity to say something as well. But let me read this text from Johnny Johnny D. It says, "As a believer in a perfect being, we as flawed people attempt to impose our purpose rather than serving God's will." President Obama's presidency was perfectly timed and planned as orchestrated by God's will. It is my belief this administration under Trump is God's wrath on America for defying President Obama and the good and inclusive world in which we should all seek. Again, I reference Gibbons, rise and fall of Rome. America arrogance and entitlement displayed by Trump is shameful, and has its consequences. That's from Johnny D. All right, let me uh, bring in uh, uh, our uh, director of um, director of social media reach uh, outreach, uh, Miss Beautiful Jackie. Jackie, good morning. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Doing good. I'm sorry. We tried to get you in when I called out for you. You didn't respond, so I didn't know whether your mic was muted or not. So give us the information, and I want to give you an opportunity to respond uh, because you didn't get a chance to have that opportunity during the first segment. Um, yeah, I'm going to do the response, just a real quick response, and then going on to social media because I'm in a hurry. Okay. Um, I really want to respond to about talking about whether President Obama was too early. No, mm-hmm. he wasn't. He was right on time, but maybe that was too early for some of us. Okay. We the ones wasn't. Some of us was not ready. Because too many times President Obama said, I can't do this by myself. And too many of us left it to him to be by himself. It's interesting. Too many of us did that. We didn't give him the support that he needed. I mean, God is strategic. He has everybody here at the time that's needed. What everybody needs to do is act upon that time while they're here. Everybody. Nobody is here to just sit on their butt. So I'm going to assume that you're, I'm going to I'm going to assume that what you mean by doing our part is getting out voting during the midterms because yeah. you know people can argue that the yeah. midterm elections are more important than the presidency at some point. Okay. Yeah. All right, I Everybody got is here on this earth at this appointed time to do and follow through and fulfill their part on this earth. And Obama just okay. didn't President Obama just didn't have the backing that he needed. And then I agree with Catherine about no proper real candidate was left in place. So that's why there's yeah. too many reasons why we ended up with this, what's in there. Yeah. <laughs> Be nice. Be nice. It's Sunday. All right. Uh, so give uh, us the information as we, try to, as we try to push these people towards social media, these old people who don't want to go. Give us some information. So, so I'm going to do the social media real quick. If you need any information, uh, you want to continue to follow the TJRS Radio Network, please email us. At, at SeriousSide at Outlook.com. Once again, SeriousSide at Outlook.com. You want to follow us on social media. All three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash groups. Twitter.com. Instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. 
So continue to follow us and keep up with us, okay? All right. You heard what she said. You heard you have to do what the director says. You know how the rank works around here. All right. So let me, real quick, let me uh, do something and I want to continue to move forward. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. You Are you Jerome? Jerome. Yeah. Before, yeah, I know I was having um, sound um, issues early, so I want to say this yeah, about the Obama being. Yeah, I want to say this about Obama being um, too early. Obama wasn't too early. Okay. People seem to really forget the crisis that we were in when he came into office. Right. And that, that, kind of, so that kind of surprises me, right? Like the panic that everybody was in, and we were losing something like. Uh, I think it was about 800,000 jobs a month. I think people forget that. I, I think, think it was a million, really, Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, I think it was oh, over oh, a million. Yeah, yeah. I think it was over a million. Yeah, and we were, like, spiraling crazy. And it's like yeah. we forget that part by saying now that things are good and on the upswing, we're like, well, not everything's calm and stuff. We can go back to our racist ways. And I think people forget that, and it's kind of amazing to me because all the other things like that Kathleen said, you know, Hillary, Bernie, all this other thing came in the midst of people feeling like, okay, now that everything's settled, we can go back to old way. And that's what they were doing, going back to Hillary, going back to whatever. And then the racist conservative people were fighting their own fight to make sure that they had no diversity. That was driving them. So we, I, I just want to put this back on track by saying, when, when President Obama said that he felt like he was too early, then technically he's talking about a theory that the world is going to be better tomorrow. But I'm sure people in the 50s said, I was born 25 years too early, and we were the same place in 75. You know what I mean? Vietnam and all of that stuff. Like, we were still there. So you can't look at life and just go, I was too early for the time that I'm born in. Um, because that this thing is still going at the same place that it always has, and we have to still fight that same fight. And also, uh, um, if I can make a quick comment, okay? Yeah, go, okay, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, basically, basically, when Democrats start going into gun control, they do not understand how much energy is going to be against them. The gun, gun control. Yeah, but it has so nothing to do with that stuff. To the point that Terry yeah. Reed wouldn't even talk about them. Yeah, but I think. Yeah, but and, 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 and let me jump. Let me jump in real, real quick, guys. But but I think that you know when we look at what President Obama, he, I think he was looking at his overall presidency and saying, "Hey, was it too early for the time? Maybe you know he should have waited, a, a, you know, a few years." I, look, I, I I can understand why he's. Why he's contemplating that? Remember, this is one of the smartest guys that's ever graced this planet. And for him, you know, the one thing that we always can remember about President Obama is that he always was about self-reflection. He was a thinker. He always was. He always gave things thoughtful processes in his brain when he was going through the process of making a decision. It was always a thoughtful process. So, you know, if the man is sitting here thinking maybe I could have done things better, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, I think all of us can say, and I agree with most of my co- all, 
most of my colleagues, that I think he came right on time. But I want to go back to something that happened in the first segment because, you know, I think, you know, and I want to give Dr. I want to give Dr. Princess O'D an opportunity to respond to something. Uh, you know, this, this thing about um, President Obama, uh, you know, doing things outside of the box, and I think it was interpretive because I'm starting to read comments uh, from the little social media that I'm responding at people are assuming that you are comparing what President Obama did to the outlandish stuff that President Trump is currently doing. And I think this is what you meant, Dr. Prince O'D, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to clarify it. I think what you meant, I think what you meant was, for example, there were things that President Obama did that his predecessors didn't do, like when he reached out to, you know, Cuba. His, His comments were, listen, it wasn't working. You know, the, the, you know, we had ten American presidents, and this didn't work. And so, the, you know, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again to expect different results. So, I'm thinking you were talking about those types of types of actions, or we no, decided well, to do the stimulus package. I don't know what you were talking about, but let me give you a few minutes to 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 respond because people are uh, thinking that you are. When you made that comment that you know President Obama was doing you know stuff that you know, President Trump's doing outside of the box. So why don't you go ahead and explain what you mean so we can move on. What I'm what I'm saying, and thank you for this opportunity, Jay. First, um, okay, first I, I, I want to say that make be clear that I said that he was a pioneer. And to be a pioneer, you you set the tone. You're a person who you're, you are the first to explore and to do certain things. I'm sure that many people are clear of what a pioneer is. I am not comparing at all the actions of President Barack Obama to Donald Trump. I said that in the first set. What I said is that he was the first to come out and do what he felt he was for the people and he took a stand in a way that no president had ever done. According to how things typically have been run, so politically uh, where the other presidents um, followed just the traditional way of running the office, President Barack Obama set the stage for coming in and doing what he felt was right, and he did it within the guidelines of the law. Of course, no one, I never said that he did something against the law at all. He was within the law, but he took a stand in a very positive way. He stood for the people in a way that no other president had ever done. That's what he did. He, he as we all know now, we should know, many of us should know, that he also has the best ratings as a president, as actually accomplishing all of most of the agenda that he had set forth to accomplish. He did what no other president had ever done, whether he is giving credit for it as a whole or not. That's what I said. He is a pioneer. Now, I also said that as a pioneer, many may consider that to be before its time. Like Martin Luther King was a pioneer for the change. So, yes, it seemed... To some people, it was it was in an era that it was before its time because people weren't responding then how they are now. I live in Georgia, where now in Georgia it's so amazing to see the transformation, the positive transformation that has taken place in this state 
um, and very uh, surprising to me how so in such a way where I may see, you know, the, the rich Caucasian walking around with their children holding black American girl dolls, you know, sitting at, at fine dining restaurants, yeah. and they have the black American girl dolls sitting there with them having dinner. I'm saying that pioneers come out in an era when okay. it is what, what they are standing for is not current at that time, so it may be interpreted. Hear what I'm saying. Okay. It may be interpreted by many as it being before its time, and he may, you know, he may say that, but I take it in a different, I take it in a different way. So I'm very pleased with President Barack Obama. No, he is not like Trump, but I do say this, that as a result of what President Barack Obama did, which was it took courage and strength to do it, although yes. Trump is not to our liking, he is adverse of that, he is, he is not uh, what... He is not a president, okay? Um, yeah. um, he is not. He, okay. he, I'm sure the guts he felt, well, if he could do it, I can do it, too. If he can be who he is, then I can be who I am, too. That's what right. I'm saying. So, no, President yeah. um, Barack Obama was awesome, and, yes, he was a pioneer in an era okay. where it had never right. been right. done. So it was, he was first. Okay. Okay, we we, we have to move on. All right, let, let me let me uh, let me uh, open the floor here to to you, Jerome. Uh, I think you want to make a comment. Plus, also want to get what you want to talk about uh, for the next uh, few minutes, sir. Well, I, I didn't have anything else on this. Yeah, I didn't have anything else on this. I thought we were gonna um, go to the next topic, so I was kind of yeah. going yeah. in on that. Yeah. So yeah. Well, so well, yeah. What do you Jerome, want to talk about? It's on you, sir. Hold on, hold on, Steve, 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 hold on, hold on, Steve, Let, let's, uh, Steve, Steve, hold on, hold on, hold on, we, we, we got to keep some type of order here, we need to move on, we're almost at the top of the hour, let's let Jerome, Jerome, we want to talk about it, and that's going to bleed into the next hour, and then, you know, Steve, once the floor is open, you can definitely say what you want to say, go ahead, Jerome. Oh, no, I, I was just saying about the, um, the clip that you paid, played about women, um, and women, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of say about that, um, my, thought about the fact that women aren't empowered is kind of a sidebar issue. Not that women are sidebars. I just want to put this for the record. I know where I'm going to, where this is going to take me, but I know that was going to, I know that that sounds bad, but I was going to say black people have, have suffered for a long time in low pay and not having equity. And it's showing out in the fact that when, no matter, even when Trump was running, he said all of these negative things about women and this and that, and they ignored it. The same women who voted for him ignored it. So for them to have outrage about that now seems kind of seems kind of crazy to me. Now I can't say that black women aren't oppressed because they are. We're in a patriarchal society that I think black people learn from white folks, right? That's men are overbearing with that because that's what this country is um, good at creating second and third class citizens. So I'm not I'm not putting down that fight about equal pay, but I am saying to you is that even below women black people come. <laughs> like, and but when you look at like hiring practices or college black women do very do a lot better than black men because of the fact that white folks will actually gravitate towards black women before they help black men. So 
in listening to this, I know this the, the conversation is going to go all over the place, but with the black woman um, candidate for governor in Georgia, is showing people, yeah. and I when I do campaigns, I actually talk about the same thing. Instead of focusing on the people who like you, we have a country that focuses on people who don't like you, right? You need to take the, the reins and do what you're going to do. So she is kicking butt, and everybody's you know, nationally on the Democratic Party is trying to look to her to what she's doing and why she has so much support. But although they're trying to belittle her in the old-fashioned way of treating women, she is overcoming that by saying, I'm reaching out to the people who are supporting me and who support the agenda and trying to get them out there. So I always think that, um, you know, Hollywood is always going to be sexist and racist as long as white men run everything in Hollywood. I don't think that's nothing new. But I have to still say that if white women were there, that doesn't mean it will be a little less racist. <laughs> like it's not gonna do, it's not gonna get rid of that. Yeah, her name is Stacey Abrams, the, the, the lady that's uh, actually the young yeah. lady that's running for governor uh, in the state of Georgia. Uh, Steve, real quick, go ahead and make your comment, and we're gonna step out, take a break, and we'll continue this conversation on the other side. Go ahead. Uh, basically, there's a trend of women buying guns. And I think as far as Hillary and Democrats running for election, you have to understand when you start talking about guns, it's going to become a major problem. And so I think I don't it don't, see white folks giving up their guns will any it, time. Will, will it? But hold on, hold on, hold on. Steve. You know what? Hold that thought because I want to get into a conversation about that because the one thing that, that kills me, this is how gullible Americans are. You know, here's one of my rants that's coming up. The fact that for eight years they kept promoting, oh, President Obama's coming to get your guns. President Obama's coming to get your guns. The Democrats are coming to get your guns. And guess what? You still have your guns. So that argument is old as the day is long. And they continue to push that narrative, and people continue to buy into it. So and I haven't heard Democrats talk about guns. Yeah, when we have an emergency or a national crisis, people step up. But, you know, you're right. I think the Democrats need to come up with some type of message. But this gun argument is ridiculous. The Russians are playing us like yo-yos, and you idiots are falling for it. Stop it. Wake up to what the heck's going on. This is ridiculous that we, we deal with this and how gullible Americans are. President Obama hasn't taken one gun. Matter of fact, if you want to be honest about the situation, he signed legislation to allow you yahoos to carry guns in freaking government-ran parks. This is ridiculous. It's nonsense. I'm tired of it. All right, we're going to step out and take a quick break. We'll continue the conversation on the other side. It is the serious side. It is Sunday. And uh, we'll be right back after this. Jesus Christ.
Welcome back in 347 It's a serious line. It's uh, about 10 minutes after the top of the hour. Glad you guys are here. Let's get a number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. I forgot to make the announcement. I actually got the chat room open. <laughs> Something that I usually don't do when Mr. Elias is uh, not here. So let's say good morning to our panelists. Though as always, my family, my radio friends and family. Let me introduce them to you so they can say hi to you once again before the morning's out. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Dr. Princess Adelia. Good morning, ma'am. How are you doing? I'm amazing. Good morning, everyone. Let's say good morning to the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Street. What's going on, Jerome? How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How are you? I don't know. Uh, let's say good morning to Steve. Steve, what's happening? Good morning, sir. Good morning, Jay. You surprised me with your reaction last day. <laughs> you went off, brother. Go ahead. Go oh, man, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Somebody tickled me, and I'm just in a bad mood. All right, so let's say good morning to uh, my main man, Johnny D, the texter. Hopefully we'll hear from here, him again real soon. Also, what's up to Mr. Elias? Uh, I'll be an uncle usually during the months of May and June. Mr. Elias is out at graduation doing what uncles do. So what's up to him, my brother? I know he listens in when he gets the opportunity. Also, what's up to uh, Kavita Man, uh, St. Clinton's in the house. Good morning, good morning. The pastor is in the house as well. What's up to Sean in the house? Troy, she is in the house. That's right. It is a female from Atlanta, Georgia. She's tuning in. Also, Brian, uh, Courtney, uh, just a whole host of folks in the house. Jimmy James, uh, hi. I'm not going to mess with that name, but hello to you. <laughs> Mike, Mitch, all you guys, what's happening? Veronica's in from Belton, Texas. Just a lot of people tuned in. Dre from uh, Michigan, appreciate you guys. Thank you so, so much. Mariana Music, Carlisle Barracks. Well, actually, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. What's up, sweetie? How are you? Uh, welcome back in. Once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the Sunday morning roundtable where we... Just talk about what's on our mind, and boy, I tell you, a lot's been on our mind so far. So let's uh, let's continue the conversation. Um, you know, and I want to start with sexism because, Jerome, I'm glad you brought that up. And you brought up an interesting – it was an interesting dynamic to what you said, the fact that, yeah, we can focus on what's going on with what's happening to women. And I – you know, look, I, those numbers during uh, – in four minutes or less, those numbers were staggering when you look at it from, from, from you know, from that Hollywood bubble per se – uh, but even if you look at it from corporate America, when you look at what's happening with women as far as, you know, are they making the same amount of money that men are? Uh, we all know that that's not true, even though President Obama signed the Led Better Act to try to, to correct some of these things. Um, but it's, you said something interesting that I thought that I wanted to talk about here in the last 20 minutes of the show. You talked about even when you look at how bad women are being treated, Black people are being treated worse. That, you know, yeah, they may treat women bad, but black folks get it like it's nobody's business. And if you're a black woman, it's double jeopardy. Because not only are you a woman, but then you're a black woman. And so, Absolutely. you know, when you, when, you, when you try to analyze this, when you try to think it through, 
you know, it's 2018. The fact that we are making such a big deal out of Stacey Abrams, she's going to be the first African-American, uh, she's the first African-American woman that's a candidate for, a govern- for, for, uh, for governor in the country. This country's been around for how long? And this is a first? Do we honestly think, and here's my question to anybody who wants to take it, do we honestly think we will ever get past racism in America? I mean, your gut feeling, do you honestly think we would get, are we going to ever get past racism in this country? Well, I don't. I don't don't. Go ahead, Steve. Started talking first. Go ahead, Steve. Steve, go ahead, Steve, and then whoever that was. I think that was Chris. Then you can respond after him. Steve, you started first. It's like family feud. Get the well, buzzer the, first. Go ahead. The political elite has been trying to work on that problem for a while. You know, they've passed laws. How so? You see racist people. You see racist people constantly going to jail. Remember the remember the guy was banging his music, and the guy shot him. And he thought he was going to get off or something like that. He, he went to life in prison. I'm seeing guys get life in prison left and right, but not cops. But it, it, as far as, like, racist acts by individuals that are not police, they're going to prison. So we are we, – we have to be honest about this, Jay. We have made progress in the last hundred years. There's no – you cannot uh, deny Listen, that. I agree with that. I'm not saying that – I don't – look, I agree with that. But but my, yeah. okay, so for example, with Roseanne Barr, the Roseanne Barr situation that dominated the news this past week, uh, you know, ABC was quick. When you say quick, well, a few hours later, they decided that they were going to pull the plug on that show. Now, they, now that was that's their number one show, Roseanne. Now a lot mm-hmm. of people were saying, well, wait a minute, maybe they should have never. You know, maybe they, sh- they should have never gone into a deal with Roseanne because Roseanne has a history of saying, you know, things of that nature. You know, I mean, the comments she made about um, um, uh, Susan Rice, I mean, those were appalling. Eight ball? Yeah, and, and, what's, the, and what is, what's the response? I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist. That, every racist says that. She had no audacity, Steve. Steve, she had the audacity to say all the things she's done for civil rights. Uh, can you show them to us? Because I've never seen any of them. Yeah, you have plans, man. They'll call you the N-word, and then after they call you the N-word, they'll say, but I'm not a racist. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I'm talking but about, Kathleen, Jerome? I know, but you know Kathleen, they'll but call Kathleen. you the N-word, they'll say, Oh yeah! Oh yeah! They will. They will. And else, but see, here's the deal. This is the reason why, you know, Kathleen. When we talk about, you know, it's been hidden. You know, I have uh, uh, guys that I know, right? Well, back in the day, I'm, I'm really starting to cut myself away from some of these people, to be honest with you. But I remember one of my white buddies a long time ago told me. He says, "Man, do you know how many Fortune 500 CEOs?" Go on these dark websites and say just hideous things about African Americans. They they go in and they say all these horrible things about how black people are less than this and black people. This is their way of 
of uh, releasing the stress that they have, right? Because they know they can't do it in public. They know they can't do it because of their positions. So they go amongst their people so they can be free and relax and be able to get all the hatred and all the just nastiness out of their system before they go back and have to pretend that they're something that they are not. Amazing, Kathleen. Just amazing. Well, I, they don't always say it in private, and they don't always go to dark websites. They say it in their uh, corporate meetings, or they say it in one-on-one meetings. I'm sure I told you all about the, uh, the the attorney that I was speaking with, who was telling me that I was not like the rest of them, that I was an or I was an oh. Oreo, black on the out, black on the outside and white on the inside. Um, oh. You know, these are, oh yeah. Really? So, I mean, and, and oh. yeah, absolutely. And though, and, did and you tell while that story here? I thought I did. I, I know I've told oh, no, before on the air anyway, but yes. Okay, um, you have to tell that again. And, and the other thing is that while they may not use the N-word or, you know, bring out the gorilla pictures or the eight pictures or whatever in a corp, an open corporate meeting, when you, when a black person is in their presence, they sense and they feel the disdain that that person has for them if they ever even get the opportunity to be in their presence. So it's not like it's not, you know, it may be more subtle or maybe more overt, if you will, but it's not left, you know, it's not lost upon the black individuals that work in those companies or for those people that they hold those beliefs. So, you know, and also the same thing is that that same corporate executive that you're talking about is not going to necessarily promote or when a, another executive or a C-suite C, uh, C position becomes available, they're not looking for the next African-American person to put in that position. So that the culture is, um, you know, is systemic. So it's not it's not lost upon us that this is a problem and has been a problem. It's, it's, you know, this is what we have lived here in America. Yeah. And you know, um, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Deeply research the history, the origin of racism, which you'll find is insane. Like over 500 years ago, it started with the Pope in the Roman Catholic church trying to, fight crusades and, you know, defend Spain and from the Moors and things of that nature. So it's religious. Like, supremacy is religious. It's going to start with these religious institutions to teach against the racism. It's more than just law against the racism. And then the police have way too much power. Way too much power. Like, uh, uh, the guy, remember the guy in Minnesota got shot on video? And the cop got off. Yeah. It is yeah. way too much power. Extremely too much power. Like there's this literally God walking the earth. Too much power. So once, and I remember Hillary Clinton talked about federal legislation against police officers to get them back in line. And uh, once we get these cops in line, we'll see we'll see a little bit more progress. But go ahead, Jay. Let me quickly comment real quick. I, it, it, Go ahead. The, it, the foundation was not religion, but religion was used 
to, um, you know, perpetuate racism in the world, not, you know, just everywhere in the world. But, the, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, he wasn't walking as a racist. You know, I believe that the original people were black anyway. So, that, yeah. you know, it was huge. It, you know, the French, the Romans, the Britons, the, the every, the, you know, we won't go into that, but whatever. But yes, religion yeah. was used just like it was in this country to um, to support slavery, which was crazy. Um, that was, yeah. you know, white people did use that to say that you know we are superior. Yeah, absolutely. Keep you in your place, Doctor Prince. Let me ask you a question. Um, if one of your white friends come to you and they say, "Do you really and truly believe that affirmative action?" It's necessary in this day and age. We just had a black president. Uh, we have, you know, black members of Congress. You know, we you saw what the CEO of Starbucks did. You know, he, they, he, he made sure that he wants to set an example for other corporate uh, entities that you need to address these issues head on. You saw what ABC did with Roseanne Barr. If someone came to you and said, hey, is it time for us to get rid of affirmative action? Because if we're saying that all people are equal, then why are we still in an age where we are saying that we need to make certain rules and regulations so that one race can get opportunities where we're not doing this for all other races? If she oh, approached you with I that would, comment, I would, I would say I, 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 I want to pick Dr. Prince's <laughs> up there so you can respond okay. afterwards. Go ahead, doctor. Okay. What would you say to that? I'm going I would say absolutely we need to keep it in place. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I don't believe that we need to change that, that we need to change that because there's, we're, we're saying change. We haven't arrived yet. We're getting better. And at the same time, as you see, I mean, it's, um, people feel that they can do whatever they want to do. And, and, I mean, it's, it's, gotten, it's really gotten ugly in terms of those who are racist they are they it, it seems as though publicly they're okay with showing that and all goes all else goes so i think that yes we would definitely we need to keep it in place absolutely absolutely okay jerome let me just one quick well, thing. I, I just want to go ahead just one I, Less than five seconds. Just one thing. I, I, it's, it's, to me, it's really important that um, okay. you know when we're articulating something that we pay attention to the words, right? You know, so I just wanted to tweak something. We, yeah. we, it's, it's not that we're getting better. We are good. If the world has not responded to black people the way they need to, they need to get better. And it's not that mm. we haven't arrived. They okay, need to I, arrive. but, the issue but is I, not I, us. I just wanted to tweet that. Okay. okay, but I, right. I do right. want to say my we didn't mean black people. I meant us as a people, as all people in the world. So I just want to clarify okay. that. I didn't, my we right. didn't mean we black people. It meant we as the world, all of us. Okay. All right, all right, Jerome. You wanted to, you, you was you were doing the ooh 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 ooh. Floor is yours, sir. <laughs> no, I, I was I was responding to your question, right? Like yeah. your your question generally was why um, if we want everything to be equal, why yeah. are we pushing affirmative action and why we do whatever? I want to say because yeah. white folks exist. 
That's why the spot. <laughs> 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 they're getting no, they're getting no better. We can't do this by ourselves. What is wrong with them? For them to say everything is equal now, so we should be okay. We didn't cause that problem. Like every time we take the blame for something, like you know what? Yeah, it's a black president, so everything's equal, like, right? It's like, uh, no. No. <laughs> you, are the, you are the problem. It's like us talking about fair wages for women or talking about yeah. how Trump is in there or talking about school shootings. Didn't you, does anybody ever, like, notice that this is a white male problem? They need help, and they need, um, they need it now. <laughs> I got to say about that. They need to start doing what they did. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, and the, and the reason I brought that up because actually a person who I no longer associated with actually approached me with that, saying, well, you know, Jay, you're a fair-minded person. Why do we need to have these rules in place? I'm like, you people don't get it. You folks do <laughs> not you. get it. You don't get it. And then yeah. I had to explain a couple of things. Like like Kathleen mentioned, you know, their story she told on the show. I'm pretty sure everybody remember the story I told about uh, when I was an HR director uh, about a guy talking to me because he thought I was, you know, he thought me and him were a part of the Eddie Murphy sketch from Saturday Night Live a long time ago when the last black person gets off the bus, then we want to pull out cocktails and play music. He thought we were in that environment. <laughs> And so, like so he starts having this conversation. Yeah, he starts having this conversation with me, thinking because he had never seen me before that I was another white guy. And I was like on the other line, like I cannot believe what's coming out of his mouth. So I made it a point to go. I said, "Well, why don't we get together for lunch and have a conversation about this?" And when I walked in there, it's almost like he saw a ghost. Like, oh my god. So. This is the reason why we have these things. You know, people, you know, I listen to, I'm reading messages now. You know, once again, you trolls, let me take just 30 seconds to address the trolls on the serious side. Because I think it's important for us to address those guys. First of all, uh, you tried to call in this morning, and I've cut you off because you're playing games. Why are you guys here? Right? I mean, if you don't like what we're saying, if you disagree with what we're saying, if you, and if you cannot have a respectful response to it, you're the reason why we're talking about it now. You guys are trolls, right? You're trolls. You have no place in this country. You guys, you know what? I'm not even going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to take the high road. What Michelle Obama said when they go low. We go high. I'm going to that Kathleen Williams. Kathleen Williams would probably tell me to say, God bless you. So that's what I'm going to say to you this morning. God bless you and your bigoted and racist thoughts. I hope you go somewhere and get hit by a bus. 347-850-1272 is the calling number. This is the serious side. I'm sorry. J-Ross. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't understand. said that part. But I don't understand how you as a human don't get this. How can a human being exist on this planet and don't understand what's going on here? Young white mothers don't have to have a conversation with their young white sons about the possibility of them not coming home that night because 
it's been instilled in their minds that black people are whoever and whatever. They are this, you know, black, you got to watch black people because black people, ooh. I was walking the other day, this happened. This happened the other day here in the Galleria area of Houston. I'm walking down the street and this white woman. Now, listen, I'm a middle-aged black man. I'm wearing a suit. This woman has her purse and moves her purse from her left hand to her right hand and walks a little closer to the end of the sidewalk. I'm like, what the hell is going on in this country? You know why, Jay? Because the Klan's men are out in power. They think because their guy Trump is in, they can act any that damn fool and get away with it. That's why. Oh my Clans God! Oh my God! Hey, you know the the resident hey, texter, okay. Mr. Elias, is checked in. Mr. Elias said, "I hate I wasn't there this morning to put the controls out." <laughs> he loves that. He he gets a kick out of that. Uh, but but you know my my point to all of this, Jerome, as we close this out. Is we live in a country that is fundamentally flawed. How can you know? You think think about this, man. Think about this for a second. How holy and are now are those people? Those white people were in the sixties. Oh, we're in church every Sunday praying, oh God, amazing, doing all these wonderful things, and then you're going to leave church to go to a hanging ceremony. <laughs> yep. You're going to go in the woods to you. watch black people thank swing you. from trees. In your church exactly. Clothes. Amen. It's, it's religious. Right. I just got done explaining. It is religious all day long. Otherwise, we would see mixed churches all over the country if it wasn't religious. It is religious. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, but but a part of their a part of their bigger problem of that is wanting to be bigger, right? And so they want you to believe that they're they're all inclusive. But what they're saying is that they want you to be white. So if you don't assimilate them, they don't want to hear jack about you. So I can say even in your, um, from the woman switching her purse around, I can tell you I was in Salt Lake City for two weeks, and I don't care what anybody says about Utah. I walked right across, there's a mall right across from the, um, whatever the center is that um, the Utah Jazz playing. It was a car show. And I, the Mormon church was just let out. And as I was walking through that mall, right across from the church, there's hundreds of people coming in my direction. And as I walked, it parted like the Red Sea. And I mm. found it kind of amusing at some point. So I started zigzagging and watching white folks dang near <laughs> dive out the way so they wouldn't touch me. It was hilarious to me. It was hilarious to me. And, and even even when I got into the car show, no one talked to me for about 20 minutes or so until I sat in this car. I just started slamming the doors of, like, really expensive cars just because just I thought it was odd that nobody said anything until this woman comes up and she said, hey, can I help you? And my first response was, you're not from here, are you? And she said, how can you tell? <laughs> and that was, she was from Detroit. She, you know, she was just like, she travels with the car shows. And it is just the weirdest thing when there's no black people around how, I, I'm not going to use the word tribal because white folks are using that as a weapon, like that people are tribalized. They're, they're just saying, like, y'all got a gang and I got a gang. But that's not what it is. What it is is that supremacy 
is raining in the back of their brain every time they step forth to do anything. And then it's, they act like we don't know this, right? We're not supposed to notice this. And so we need to actually just keep that in the front of our brains and be able to act accordingly because they're not changing. I, I don't. I just, I just don't understand it. I don't understand how you as a human being could think that this is okay. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. And, and, you know, and that's just, I guess that's the reason, what, that's how I make, that's why people take, that's why we're different, I guess. I, I don't understand. And, and, um, and I look at these people, you know, you know, I have friends who said, well, I voted for Trump, but I didn't vote for, you know, I didn't vote for uh, uh, the, uh, you know, what he's doing. I disagree with that. You know, huh? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. So, so you know this guy is like this. And so instead of you voting for the greater good of your fellow man, you voted for a guy that's going to give you tax cuts. And now the numbers are telling us with all the nonsense that he's starting when it comes to trade tariffs, that the little bit of money that we were going to get was going to get eaten up because we have to pay higher for for goods because this clown is in a war with our freaking uh, 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 allies. But you didn't see right. this before? Right. How smart are you? You didn't see this prior? You know, you, everybody, oh, Samantha B used the C word. Go back and look at the the, the the Donald Trump rallies where women were wearing it on their shirts. Right, and, and he calling black folks SOBs, right? Like, so now we're supposed to feel sorry because she called her name? Who cares? God, what is this? Scared. These people are taking children from their mothers, and they're blaming Democrats. I mean, what is going on in this country? Oh, same I mean, thing. Same hey, it sounds like the same thing when I say, what's going on, Jay? And you say, same stuff, different day. <laughs> it's like that. That's what's going on in this country. Not, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I don't understand it. You know, and when I sit down and try to talk to, you know, and some of these people are programmed to, hey, that's just the way it is. And the people and, who are and, you talk yeah. about. You, you you talked about, um, and I don't know if this was, if it was either Jerome or Steve, you, you talked about how um, uh, w- when it came to, you know, President Obama getting us out of the worst financial crisis of our time, how people forgot about this, right? Well, you know, the thing is, here's the, here's the part that is really crazy about all this, right? So the people that support Trump, they weren't affected by it. I mean, I, my white buddies were doing their thing during the financial crisis. They they weren't worried about that. The people who were affected by were the folks who are poor, who are uh, you know what they call like you know poor white people. But be, instead of them voting for what's right, they voted against. They didn't want another President Obama. So you know what? We don't want another one of them in the office. So I'm going to vote <laughs> that's going to hurt me because the only people going to get hurt from this are those folks. We're going to vote against it because we don't want – I mean, this is maddening. And you wonder why the education level of America is, what, 32nd amongst civilized nations? You know, the reason why is sitting in the Oval Office. Okay, let's uh, 
let's get ready to close this thing out. Let me give everybody a final thought here real quick uh, on today's show. Let me start with the ladies first. Uh, Dr. Princess O.D., give me 30 seconds, baby, as we close this out. Well, first of all, I just want to say um, we are in for change. I am grateful that that. um, we have (laughs) – we are. We are definitely in for that. Um, It's inevitable. When it will happen, in time. Um, I'm grateful for our president, Barack Obama, uh, former president, uh, for for his position in the pioneering of this process of change and transformation that's taking place. And I'm also grateful for what is taking place now because it is a sign that we can only get better after all of this. We can only get better, and that is my focus, and I just encourage everyone else to just maintain um, a vision of transformation so mm-hmm. that we can really come into that, and that's being very positive, and it's being very real, and especially for all of yeah. those of us who who say that we are uh, aligning with God and, and God's plan, then we have to make a choice ourselves to choose to think and to see the result that we desire. All right. Good stuff. Kathleen, give me your final word on uh, today's uh, topics we talked about today. Um, just uh, going back to President Obama and just reinforcing or re- reiterating the fact that he was, um, I love the comment that came in through the chat room that, um, you know, that he, he was God-ordained. And divinely, his presidency was God ordained and, and divinely timed, and I, I firmly believe that. And none of us, none of us, the smartest of us, or you know, those of us who are whatever, maybe we wouldn't consider as smart or as anointed to do what President Obama was able to do. But it is not about any of us. And so, if anything, I would caution the president to not think really that it was about him or his, his life and his work, but that it's really about the divine ordination of what's happening in the world today and why he appeared when he appeared. And it's not over. He's still with us. He still has work to do. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, it, 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 there's so much more than the presidency that needs to be in operation here in this world. And I, I encourage him to stand up, continue to speak out, and do the work that he's doing because he's doing amazing things that many of us don't even know about yet. All right. What about you, Steve, man? Give me uh, 30 seconds, man, real quick, uh, just to kind of close out the the, uh, discussion part of the show today. Uh, Great show. Uh, But, yes, it was absolutely devastating that the uh, white children got to see their white parents be racist and religious at the same time. And that affected their subconscious mind to think, it's okay for me to be racist and religious at the same time. So, but my parents did it. So I can do exactly what my parents did. I can go to church on Sunday, be racist and religious, and everything will be fine. Even though the idiots did not even read a speck of what the Bible says about hatred or any of that. So great show. God bless you all. And I'll be looking forward to topic next week. All right, Steve. And uh, Jerome, man, give me, uh, let's just close out this uh, segment, sir. Tell me what's on your mind. Um, you know, I got nothing. I just want to shout out uh, LES. 
Casey, listen, what's up, brother? And, and honestly, I just have to say that anytime we have this conversation, the the reason it's um, frustrating a little bit is that we try to justify why white folks are being white folks. And I'm like yep. way beyond the fact yep. of, you know what, it's been going on too, too long to look like a pattern. It just is. Yep. And so if you want to go um, – you know, read Dr. Nellie Neely Fuller or somebody, go ahead, feel free. But I am telling you that it's beyond us trying to psychoanalyze something that's been going on in this country forever. Yep. I agree. Can't I do. agree with you wholeheartedly. All right, coming up next, we're going to do a little bit of chatterbox. Uh, we're going to also, I'm only going to read three comments. Then after that, it's on a need to know basis with my main man, Jerome. It's free. All right. We'll be right back after this. Conversation part of the show is over, but uh, we will continue after a uh, much-needed break. We'll be right back.
Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is time for Chatterbox, where we uh, read comments from the world famous chat room. And did I announce that I actually opened up the chat room? I'm proud of myself. All right, listen, I'm going to read four comments because we're really pushed on time, and I want to give Jerome as much time as I need to give him. All right, let's start with the chat room. First of all, St. Clinton says Trump ran because he got his feelings hurt by Obama at a dinner. Trump is incapable of being the butt of a joke. You know, a lot of people say that, that that's one of the reasons why he hates Obama, because during the 2011 uh, correspondence dinner, uh, President Obama went all in on him, and uh, I don't think he liked that. All right, let me read a comment from Mr. L.E.S. Uh, hold on here, let me get to it. He says, how can, here it is, how can a flag be such a big deal to people who burn across? That's a good assessment, Mr. L.E.S., and of course, a resident expert, our resident texter, Johnny Diaz, checked in. He says, racism in America, the quest to understand discriminatory practice stem back to Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, when their family splintered off and the creation of privilege was created. So if you have privilege, you must have the unprivileged. America is a reflection of beliefs of most nations and societies. In my travels, the darker pigmented persons and women are treated in a subservient manner in every country I have traveled and studied. Nearly 463 years in which African Americans have been in captivity in the Western Hemisphere, we're still asking America to accept us as equal. Unfortunately, that will never happen. Although I believe there are good European Americans, I don't spend my time looking for their acceptance. Nevertheless, I don't condemn all Af- all um, European Americans as some African Americans do without merit. And let me read one here from Pastor uh, Stephen Jones. Sorry, everyone, I just don't have time to get to him, but let me read his. I agree and disagree with President Obama. I agree with the fact that no other person could have lifted this country out of the financial crisis that existed at the time. But so I I agree with the president's possible assessment. I'm sorry. Okay, so that's one. He disagreed, but then he said, I disagree with the president's possible assessment of arriving too early. We're going to need a transformative candidate to right the wrongs of the Trump administration. All right, there you go. We got it. And on that note, you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? All right, folks, it is my time. It's my favorite part of the show, and Mr. Elias's favorite part of the show as well. It's time for all the need-to-know basis with the man himself, Jerome. It's free. Jerome, man, what do you have this morning? Yes, sir. In the first, I've normally saved these stories for the last, but I'm going to tell you, in my first news story today, a Hawaii well, resident asked the U.S. Uh, um, the USGS, which is the geological um, service, if it was possible to take marshmallows and hang them over um, volcanic vents <laughs> on the island, and they're saying you cannot roast mel- roast marshmallows over lava because they become toxic. But I say go for it. You know, I'm like George Carlin to this. <laughs> Chris Collins, like, if your butt is going to do something that dog or stupid, you probably don't need to be here. And I don't mean to be mean, but why would you ask if you can roast marshmallows over lava? 
Some people are just crazy. See, that's what privilege is. You think you can do anything you want. Go ahead. Feel free. See how that works out. Ha ha ha. All right. <laughs> so Uber launches a panic button that lets passengers call 911 from his app. So it's a part of their new safety center uh, menu designed to help passengers if something goes wrong on their trip. Now, I suspect this is from some of those Uber drivers attacking their passengers that you can just hit 911 on your app. Because the, the, um, the driver should have access to 911, but it might be the other way around. But hey. So Singapore Airlines launched the world longest flight from, uh, um, I guess it's not Shanghai. Well, anyway, it's it's from someplace in Singapore to New York, which is almost 19 hours long. But it's not for economy passengers, apparently, because that flight is going to New York, Newark Airport to, uh, I guess, to Shanghai. And they said it takes eight hours, uh, 18 hours and 45 minutes is what that flight takes. It is 10,300 miles. Now, again, I don't know if um, I would want to be on a plane that long, but okay. The longest flight. So up to 180,000 employees at 8,000 Starbucks locations were trained from a toolkit hoping to focus on understanding prejudice and the history of public accommodations in the United States. So just so that I recap, so what happened was Starbucks had training to teach their employees how to treat black people when they come into a Starbucks. Because if they were jerks to white folks, they would have had training a long time ago. So they're like, hey, Treat the black people like white people. That's what they had trading for. Thank you, Starbucks. They, <laughs> sweet, uh, they needed that. Well, you are a piece of work, boy. Hey, that's, think of Jay. Come on now. Am I lying? Like, they wanted training to, to not treat people like jerks. Look, they needed to treat black people like they treat white folks. That's what the training was for. Hey, I guess you're right. You said, you can't have no job and treat people like jerks. So technically, they had to have training to say, hey, hey, treat them people the same. I mean, I don't mean those people. I mean the people who are darker. <laughs> don't, don't let the color of skin make you treat them different. Okay, sorry. So American colleges have dominated again in the latest global university rankings with eight U.S. institutions coming in the top ten. So... Uh, 44 of the world's 100 best um, colleges and universities were U.S. colleges and, and universities. This is according to um, a reputation survey. So there you have it. Harvard came at the top of the higher education league table for the eighth year in a row. And MIT was second. Stanford was third. Penn, Penn State um, jump more than 10 spaces to make it into the top 50. And I'm not going to say anything about Joe Paterno in this, but I'm just going to say they jumped 10 spaces. <laughs> it's been wild. I don't know why I feel like this yeah. today. I'm sorry, Jay. I'm going to move on. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're on the road. Yeah, you're on the road this morning. I don't need to be. I do not need to be. All right. So the best airlines in North America has been ranked by the passengers, and the top airline was Alaska Airlines, Delta, and Southwest 
that came in at the top. Um, the carriers that were rated the best in that survey that measured performance across the factors of cost, reservations, flight crew, and in-flight service. Um, the worst were um, United Airlines and Frontier. Just wanted to put that hey, out. Hey, wow. You, okay, so, 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 Southwest, so Southwest, Southwest, even with everything right. that went down? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Kathleen. Yeah, it was not doing an analysis, so, you know, half the passengers or maybe, you know, three-fourths of the passengers said, okay, drag them off the plane, even though they got sued. But, no, it was a performance ranked by passengers. Uh-huh. We still think still that, like, the other carriers must have been doing really bad. <laughs> like, if, they, if Southwest came up at the top, hey, shout out to my girl Vanessa, too. Just wanted to say hey. I'm not dumping on Southwest. I'm just just gonna put that out there. Yeah, right. yeah I was uh, thinking the same thing, buddy. <laughs> well, well yeah, wait a minute. No, thing. no. Wait, Southwest among <laughs> the low cost. Well, listen, <laughs> among the low cost carriers, Southwest Airlines ranks the highest for the second consecutive year with a score of eight hundred and eighteen. So second place is JetBlue. And then it was no, West no back and Alliant Air. No back no back yeah, hey, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and getting drunk like Magus, but that's a whole other story. All right. So, um, you know, China approved um, five new trade trademarks for Ivanka Trump days after Trump um, Trump's deal to drop the U.S. Um, um, prohibition uh, against their cell phone manufacturer, ZTE. So again, somebody is using the office for their personal benefits, but I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say nothing. But she got 13 trademarks. So she left the White House press conference after a reporter asked her about the Chinese government's approval of her 13 trademarks. So she wouldn't. She got mad at them for asking her about it. You can't be in business and then represent the government and then get mad that somebody asked you about it. So anyway, that's why the whole distraction with the Samantha B stuff is happening because they're trying to make Ivanka a martyr while she's getting trademarks from other countries that the, that her father is sanctioning. This is yeah, ridiculous, man. Just totally yeah. ridiculous. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Now, yeah, now the suicide rate of doctors is the highest of any profession and double that of the general population, according to a new study. So they're saying the suicide rate for healthcare workers is surging, particularly for physicians, with at least one doctor committing suicide every day in the U.S. Now, I'm not saying nothing, but I'm not thinking that they're all suicide-related. I think that as we go into natural healing and stuff, there got to be some foul play in there someplace. But that's a lot. They said it's twice the average citizen doctors are committing suicide. Wow. Now, yeah. It's an alarming number. Yeah. 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 Now, now, a GOP lawmaker running for governor of Tennessee is blaming school shootings on porn. 
she says that uh, it's high up on the shelf at the grocery stores. Yeah, her name is, she's not black, but her her name is, she's a Republican, Diane Black. She says that pornography is a big part of what is behind the spike in school shootings. So people so, 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 out of the air or when come up with it? No, you know what? I, I am truly amazed by what Republicans can get away with. And re- Democrats will fall out if, again, if you take a picture standing over some woman with your hand 12 feet away from her, they're like, that's just inappropriate. <laughs> they kick somebody out. These guys say and do some stuff. You know, some some guy, some GOP. Um, I guess he's a candidate. I'm trying to think of what state he's in. Is claiming that pedophilia is okay, and that he um, is looking forward to dating his daughter when it comes legal. Legal. Now he's running for office, and we have a, we have a record number of Klansmen um, of of uh, white supremacists running as well. They're saying this stuff in we the press. Eight. We have eight of them running. World nationwide. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that that should, that should tell us something. But are, are we listening? Is the problem. Don't now, we have some a teacher, in office right now too. Which is that, Kathleen? I said we have some in office right now too. Some city hall <laughs> yeah. offices. Yeah, yeah, it, it's amazing. Scott King. <laughs> I know it. I know it. And that would be Jeff Sessions in particular. That there's a long letter uh, yeah, that yeah, you can read. That <laughs> now, you know, following ABC's cancellation of um, of Roseanne, you know, Viacom cable networks announced that they'll be pulling all of the reruns. So ABC pulled the reruns. They got pulled off of TV Land and CMT and Paramount Networks and Hulu um, followed suit. So those episodes of the revival were pulled by a- ABC as well. So there was no reruns. And no longer aired on cable. So this LAFF TV said that we were disgusted by Barr's recent comments, and Barr has an estimated net worth of $80 million and reportedly received $250,000 per episode for nine episodes um, and earning about $2.25 million. Now, John Cheeto, now I think this is why I got pulled off the air, by the way. Don Cheeto tweeted, you can take Roseanne out of racism, but you can't take ra- uh, you can't take racism out of Roseanne. And he said, uh, honestly, she got what she deserved. Is what Shonda Rhimes treated. She says, um, as I tell my four-year-old, one makes a choice with one's actions, and Roseanne made a choice, a racist one, and ABC made a choice, a human one. So before ABC's announcement. Many celebrities demanded the firing of Roseanne. Julianne Moore tweeted the hashtag fired Roseanne while Zoe Zaldana wrote, shame on you, Roseanne and ABC. Not a single apology can get me to respect your despicable racist characters. And East um, in racism um, and pound um, mainstream media. Um, so anyway, Tom, her former... Um, husband, Tom Arnold, claimed that ABC's executives shut down his previous attempt to alert them about her dangerous tweets 
And um, ABC execs figured out a way to control him, is what Tom Arnold said. He said, they blocked me from promoting anything on ABC um, because she called, he called out Roseanne Barr and her tweets as racist. And so ABC blocked Tom Arnold. That should, that should yeah, tell you something about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Just like, right, real, make, quick, yeah. real quick, real quick, we're, we're about to, we're losing a live audience in about 10 seconds. We appreciate you. We'll see you next Sunday. We're going to keep on for about another five minutes because we want to get more stories in. But we appreciate you. We'll see you next Sunday right here on the serious side. Go ahead, Jerome. The floor is yours. Okay. Now, Harvard reported um, claims that 4,445 people died during Hurricane Maria when it hit Puerto Rico, despite the government putting an official death toll at 64. Mm -hmm. Now, that is pretty sick that they did that, but hey, the death toll. Everybody knew though, which was so, which is what is so amazing to me. I didn't, we didn't know maybe the numbers that had hit 4,000, but we knew it was at least quadruple times two times the. Uh, we knew it was a couple thousand. Yeah, yeah, we knew it was over a thousand because they've been saying that since last year. While they were in the yep. midst of it, they were saying yep. that you know when they couldn't get water, they couldn't get uh, the hospitals. All that they were saying, and they're not even not even mentioning what's going on in the Virgin Islands and the fact that the, that um, I believe it's Saint Croix, not Saint Croix, mm-hmm. Saint Thomas, still doesn't have um, power in some areas as well. So yeah, I, you know, and they're moving on like everything is okay, like everything right? is okay. And yeah, so haven't responded to the four thousand number. They're just like, oh, really? Oh, came up with that. Mm, what's what's the dinner? So, so here's where I hope that, um, and if I have any access to anybody running for president, they need to put all of that on the agenda when they're running for office. Because Democrats stay silent and they're complicit in letting those fools do what they do. They need to, uh, the next person running needs to have an agenda to undo all the Trump stuff and to make sure that Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands, because they are U.S. citizens. That is the most deaths caused, caused by any storm in the history of the United States is in Puerto Rico yeah. right now. Yeah. 4,600 yeah. people plus. And Jerome, you know, I have a question, too. With the with mm-hmm. uh, black, uh, the Congressional Black Caucus and some of our, you know, black leaders in politics and some of the higher offices, like, for example, Maxine Waters. I know we're in mm-hmm. New York. She's in California. But it seems like she was constantly speaking out and all of a sudden shut down. No media coverage yeah. on her. I haven't heard a thing out of Congressman Meeks since, I don't even think since Trump. I haven't seen him on TV. So I'm wondering if the media has anything to do with the fact that we're not hearing the backlash to this administration to the extent that they're voicing it. I think it's primarily because we're going into another campaign season. So right at this part of the summer, people are fundraising. And so while they're fundraising, they're trying not to piss people off. And so what the Democrats normally do is they start remaining quiet. Like you hear people say stuff like, we need to stop talking about impeachment. That's not a winning strategy. And that is just dumb. They get scared when they have to go raise money and actually talk to people. And then they'll pendulum swing back and then they'll start talking again. But this is them being cowards. They need to speak up. And uh, in addition to that, 
there's no major media outlet that's covering them. So although ABC fired Roseanne, for example, um, Eisner was in negotiations to buy Fox News, but he was going to leave James... Um, um, what's the guy who was there? Who, who runs Fox News? Who owns it? Rupert Murdoch. So, so James Murdoch was still going to run Fox News, and they were going to merge them somehow, but Disney was going to end up owning Fox News. They're still trying to buy them, which tells me that Eisner is okay with Fox News, although he... Disney owns ABC. So you can see how convoluted that is when it comes right. to media and outlets that they're still covering for the racist, sexist, and just supremacy aspect of what goes on in this country. Well, was and again, ABC hired um, the clown from New Jersey. What was his name? The former governor of Jersey. The one to, uh, <laughs> the, the one with, yeah, Christy Gate or whatever it was with the yeah. With the when ABC right. hired him, they let us know where they're at. Yes, ABC has been there for the, for the longest. Because you got to remember, ABC put Paula Dean on the air when she had her controversy. ABC, you know, put her Dancing with the Stars. They put the other guy, uh, Ryan Lochte, what he did, what he did in Brazil, put him on Dancing with the Stars. And I'm sure Roseanne will be our next contestant on Dancing with the Stars. They try to ease them back into mainstream society. So, you know, they, they end up having those issues. So I can't, I can't call it. Now, you know, there's a teacher in Las Vegas who, um, well, a teacher, yeah, from Bonanza High School in Vegas, a physics teacher was arrested, Leslie McGurdy. She said that she wanted to poke holes in a lot of people. And she was talking about, she sent a text saying that she want women to feel empowered by becoming serial killers. Oh, my God. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Again, I had to do the story because we seem to forget that there's some psychological problems going on in people. And that has to be caused yeah. by a big societal issue more than it has to be them just not liking black folks. Right. 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 Well, we, have to, we have time sure. for two more, man. We have time for two more, sir. Yeah, okay, well... First, I want to say this one, that a Louisiana TV uh, televangelist, 68, asked for donations to fund a $54 million jet. Uh, it's for, it's 24, 24 years. So I'm not a member of his church, but I'm going to tell you this, I'm not joining. <laughs> but he wants to jet. That was right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. He, he, he said it'll get him to different conferences faster. He don't have to stop to refuel. Part of the, the controversy, too, with, with him and Kenneth Copeland was that uh-huh. Atlantis said that if Jesus was still alive, he would probably want one of those jets, too. And then, <laughs> uh, and then Copeland said, uh, Copeland and Atlantis were having a conversation about it and how people don't understand the importance of it and how you can't get on a plane and prepare yourself for a conference. And then uh, Copeland went further to say, you, you really get on the plane and with all those demons. So he was calling the population right. by airplane demons. So it, it, has, it struck some uh, chords, as you might imagine. So just like... Just like in the famous words of him, I don't want to get on a plane with demons either. So can y'all please donate to my $54 million plane if that's how they feel? I don't like demons either. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. 
Now, all right, all right. We have time for one more, Jerome. You have to shut it down. Okay. Okay. So here, here's um, you know, a man. Well, I'll just put it this way: a drunk festival goer called nine one one after he falls because he falls into some bushes because he was peeing in bushes. So he was in Napa Valley, California, at a festival. He was peeing in the bushes. Fell at 1.30 a.m., but he had the sense to grab his phone and call 911 to help him out in the bushes. Thank you very much. Tip your oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, hey don't, don't, don't pee in bushes. Right. Don't pee in bushes. They're dangerous. Dave, please, Dave, please don't make a mess on that one. Don't pee in bushes. Don't pee in bushes. Maybe you can give us one doing this final thought. All right, so it's time for Final Thoughts. It's been a heck of a show. Let's uh, get around here. Ladies are first. Uh, Kathleen, Final Thoughts. Um, You know, it's the beginning of summer, uh, or or as close to the beginning of summer as June today. I just, you know, wish really send blessings and love out to everybody as you approach the summer months. If you're having going on vacation, be vigilant and be careful. Um, and, uh, you know, God bless you all. All right. Good stuff. Dr. Princess, I'll do your final thoughts. Yes, again, I want to say great show, and I want to just encourage everyone, again, to stay positive. There's a lot going on, but there is an opportunity for us to just vision what we want, bring it to pass, work on your own areas and your own communities, And I'm very, very uh, proud of those who have graduated this summer, Um, graduated, yeah, well, for this term. uh, I want to say congratulations to all graduates. And I also want to invite everyone to visit me online at bountifulgroup.com and on Facebook at Book at Dr. Princess Adelia. I love every last one of you. Have a safe and fabulous week. All right. Jerome, I mean, Steve, final thoughts. Uh, a good show, and um, yeah, just just stay positive. That that is very important, and we're gonna whoop the white supremacist butts one butt at a time. Have a good time, <laughs> just All right, and uh, my main man, Jerome Freeman, final thoughts. All right, now the the Ninth Circuit panel, like of three judges, ruled. That Timberland and Jay Z's using of the Arabic flute melody in Big Pimpin' was legal. So it was projected by Egyptian law. The family has been trying to sue them for a while, so they just ruled this week that says that the artists have the right to adapt an original composition to create derivative work. As long as you get your royalties, you can't stop Big Pimpin'. That's the moral of the story. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope Kathleen likes this a little bit better. Thank you. Anytime, Kathleen. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> 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 all, right. all right. My final thoughts, once again, I echo what Dr. Princess Odilia said. Congratulations to, to all those people who are taking that next step. Uh, high school graduation is a tough thing, but um, it's also scary because you don't know what's going to happen next. But uh, keep your eye on the prize. Stay locked and focused, and I guarantee you at the end of the day, it's going to be all right. And on that note, Jerome, it's it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? Time for the serious side of the J. Rao show. 
That's my man. All right, listen, you guys have a blessed Sunday, and I'm glad that we can bring the knowledge. And trolls, get the hell up out of here. So, for Kathleen Williams, for uh, Dr. Princess Aldea, for Mr. Elias, for Steve, for Jerome, and for Johnny D, I'm Jay Ross, and have a great work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless everybody. We'll see you next week. Troll no more. Troll no more. <laughs> Gotta love it. God, he must have been drinking today or something. All right, guys, take care. <laughs> <laughs>